The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. Hi, everybody. This is pro wrestling legend Jim Cornette, and you're listening to The Rough House. The opinions expressed in The Rough House podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the WWE, Lucha Underground, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, GFW, are they even still a thing? MCW Pro Wrestling, CZW, Nads Flappy Sack, Marvel Studios, Kellogg's, Frisky's Cat Food, Ted Turner, Jameson Irish Whiskey, Fruit of the Loom, Hershey's, Samsung, Amblin Entertainment, Groundskeeper Willie, or the cast and crew of The Walking Dead. Since the dawn of mankind, those in professional wrestling have turned to the Pro Wrestling Podcast to gain insight into how to do their jobs, how to create angles, develop new characters, and create fiery feuds with which to capture an audience's attention. What better group of individuals than basement dwellers on internet purchased microphones to guide the hand of a multi-million dollar industry? We're proud to present one such podcast courtesy of the Realm Network here at the Rough House where black people and white people watch wrestling and Hispanic people too and all people. Hi, everybody. Hello. <laughs> Fuck it. We'll do it live. Yes. Yes. We're uh, live, Pat. Pulling, pulling that curtain back. Uh, I'm Marty. I'm Christoph. Um, Welcome to the uh, podcast of Rough House. Yes. Yes. I, I didn't realize we're going with the, like, British style of uh, describing <laughs> the name of the show. There's a lot more U's in there now, too. P-O- U-D-C-A-S-T. Yeah. <laughs> is that how they spell podcast in the UK? I was unaware of this. Yeah, yeah, no. No, no yeah, it's extra. Actually... You know why you know why they cut the uh the U's out of uh out of the spelling of those words, right? No, Chris. Why did they cut the U's out of For the uh words? newspaper printers. They oh, were really? saving on, on characters, that's correct. Oh, okay. That is okay. how the uh the spellings got changed uh over here in the good old US of A. So what you're saying is the Limey Brits, they uh they're wasting newspaper ink. That that's correct. Yeah, I mean and it's finite. It's like oil, you know. If Come I'm on. extrapolating this, mm-hmm. that's the key to ending global warming. They need to start spelling things better. <laughs> sure. Yeah, because <laughs> that, that newspaper print is uh, yeah. is number one um, number one industry A1, in, in 2019. Right top. Yeah. top of the pops. I mean, that's how you get uh, your observer, right? Yeah. You know? Yeah. No. Dave I, Dave types each copy by hand. I I, I pay extra for the physical copies because. <laughs> uh, Can you imagine Alvarez sitting at a fucking typewriter? <laughs> No, no, I can't. <laughs> but the thing is, that's a Dave physical. Dave totally. Uh, oh my god. Uh, we'll we'll get into him because he's had yeah. a week. Uh, a lot of people have had a week. Um, it's been a week. Yes. It's been a week. Oh, dude, I was looking back at all the links I saved over the course of the week. Uh, people who yeah. follow our social media, I've I've shared in the past how I just kind of like throw links into a a, a notes yeah. document every single week, and. Mm-hmm. My God, Chris, did you know that earlier this week was when Tony Khan basically bodied Randy Orton on Twitter? Yeah, I know. That was almost <laughs> a week ago at this point. It's yes. barely it's yes. barely even news anymore. Yeah, um, did you know CM Punk uh, 
criticized the product earlier this week, but criticized yeah. the product in very, very heavy quotes. Uh, and specifically gave some uh, some some advice to one Colby Lopez, yes. uh, which was ignored immediately. Immediately. Um, immediately. So there's that as yeah. well. Way to go, Colby. Yeah, uh, it's just been a, a shithouse of a week for company upon company upon company. But hey, we're oh. in the middle of, as you described it before we started recording, Wrestle Weekend. So much. There's a lot of fucking wrestling happening the past couple days. (laughs) Yeah, uh, in the next couple days. I mean, you had Raw Monday. You had Tuesday was Impact. Uh, Wednesday gave us the Wednesday Night Wars, which included basically every single brand being on NXT uh, and a hell of an AEW Dynamite show. Uh, Thursday, did anything happen Thursday? I feel like. Oh no, Thursday was the fallout of all of the. uh, Jim Cornette mess because oh, of yeah, uh, yep, that was because Thursday. of NWA Power, which was on Tuesday. On Tuesday. Um, I think NXT UK airs then, but no one cares about that. Yeah, uh, then Friday, uh, we had SmackDown live in Chicago, uh, a show so intense they had to cancel 205 Live. And <laughs> then last <laughs> night was uh, NXT TakeOver War Games. Yep. Uh, which gave us two incredible War Games matches. Uh, yes. A new number one contender for the NXT title uh, returned to NXT from one of its favorite sons and mm-hmm. a slight AEW NXT crossover. Uh, and we're <laughs> just hours uh. away from Survivor Series, the Thanksgiving classic itself. Yeah, yeah, Survivor Series happening tonight as we were recording on Sunday morning. Yeah. Uh, lots of lots of big things happening. A lot of a lot of people involved in Survivor Series yes. tonight. And um, we still and t- don't know all of them. No, no, they're not announcing the NXT men's team until the pre-show. So that's Ain't no better okay. way to get people interested in a match than by holding back <laughs> the tails until the last possible minute. Sorry, yeah, pretty much. It's not the uh, last possible it's... minute. Last possible minute would be just the teams of mystery until the match. Yeah, which, you know, at this point, I'm fine with it. Yeah, fuck it. It, it worked out well last night. Um, and then t- Monday night is Raw. Yes. Tuesday night is um, another episode of Power. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, Impact Dark. is doing their SGW ripoff uh-huh. show this Tuesday. So there's that. And then it's such just it's a never-ending fucking cycle of no, wrestling. This no. is what our lives have become. You know, uh, 10 months ago, we were like, oh, this is exciting. There's going to be all these options and choices. Now I'm just like... I don't want to watch all this fucking wrestling. <laughs> oh, and, and and how soon I forget. Uh, you have the mainstream publicity for Ring of Honor this week. Oh, as, shit. Fuck. What as, a disaster. Uh, and it's getting worse. Uh, I know. No, I was reading up on Joey's Twitter this morning. And it is, is a hard a read. shit show. It's a oh, hard read. My God. Yeah. This this company. Okay, so, is... so so Chris, we, we talked about a lot. Do you want to dive into the Ring of Honor stuff first? Yeah, let's just get that out of the okay, way. Okay, all right. So Ring of Honor, uh, of course, uh, soft spot in my heart because uh, that, that's what basically kept my interest in wrestling from, uh, you know, that the post-Monday Night Wars malaise. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's grown into something that is dramatically different than it was even a year ago with the departure of the elite, the uh, seemingly uh, uh, closure of the tap of influx of talent from new japan and really basically they peaked at msg this year it's it's been an off year which wasn't even their show really i mean (laughs) i mean it was branded as their show but if you would have pulled the audience as to why people were at the garden 
that night. Mm. Uh, Okada would have been number one, probably exactly. mentioned, or just New Japan as a whole. Yeah. Um, and, and you look at, you know, Ring of Honor will always have history as being a, you know, uh, a, a, a breeding ground for talent, mm-hmm. uh, somewhere where people, you know, go and hone their craft, create a following, and then go on to bigger, better things. Just look at the the War Games men's match last night. Oh, I think yeah. it was seven of the eight guys um, had wrestled in Ring of Honor. Yeah, I saw someone joke about uh, the NXT show being Ring of Honor One Night Stand. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, hey, aside from the women, not wrong. I mean, well, Riddle. To my knowledge, never, never he, went no, through our He was an evolved guy. Uh, Balor never did. But I mean, a, a lot of the talent that's there now is your Ring of Honor <laughs> PWG guys from three years ago. I yeah, mean, yeah, really especially no that. Main put event. It. Especially the main event. Um, the, like that was a Ring of Honor special. Um, yeah, and it you know it shows how good they were at picking talent and honing mm-hmm. the you know the talent you know to be able to do live TV and, and and stuff of that nature. But Ring of Honor over the past year has just been marred with controversy over controversy over um uh, terrible selling shows mm-hmm. to just failed attempts to try and make things work. And, and as more information is coming out from Joey Mercury is just leaking all of these text messages in between uh, some of the most cringy, like Unabomber esque rants I've seen on Twitter in some time and quoting rage against the machine lyrics. I'm like, okay, Joey, I I like rage as well, but still you're not a, it's not your AIM away message right now. Okay. Let's, let's focus. Let's focus up on the, on the energy. I, I I think that, that that's basically the, the hard part right now of following this ring of honor story. Hey, uh, of following this ring of honor story is the source is an extremely difficult one to follow. Yes. Yeah. There, there's nothing's really streamlined or in any kind of order. It's no. very stream of consciousness. Oh, well, you know, we were talking about this, so I'll screenshot that and post it and describe it. And then also that does, made me think of something else. And does blah, blah, blah. Joey Mercury have screenshots of every conversation he's ever had? Well, I mean, you save your text messages. I'm sure those are recent screens. She just took screenshots of those messages. I don't know. He was, you know, he had screenshots from uh, 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 a WWE uh, European tour that he was sharing. He got the the text from Seth and everything. Yeah, it's it's pretty intense. I mean, look, uh, everybody has their file system. uh, You know, they 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 have their way of referencing back things. Just uh, I'm. I'm seeing uh, into the depths of the mind of one Joseph Q. Mercury, and it is uh, yeah. it, it is a dark cave filled with horrors. But what has come out that is relevant is basically every single thing that you would think about Ring of Honor, if you were looking at it with a cynical eye, is true. Uh, they... They had people pushing for Marty Squirrel to become Ring of Honor champion, but the yep. internal perception was he's going to leave us anyway, so fuck it. Uh, they saw no value in Matt Taven, but they put the belt on him anyway, and they've subsequently uh. paid him a shit ton of money to stay. 
Oh um, my god! They botched the uh, the signing of uh, Maria Manic. Uh-huh. Um, they've and then the whole Newsweek article about uh, Kelly Klein and the concussion protocols or lack and, thereof. And, well, yes, exactly the lack thereof and her being booked and the whole contract dispute and emails from Joe Coff and texts from Greg Gillibrand or whatever his name is. It's uh, it's top down. It's a mess over there, yeah, it's, or it, really it, up the street from yeah, us. Yeah. Uh, hey, uh, full disclosure, just putting it out there. Uh, applied for a job there not that long ago. Very, very glad I dodged that bullet because you know what that <laughs> job was? Social media marketing. You know what I don't want to be right now? Ring of Honor social media guy. No. Cheers. Thank you. Yeah. Um, it, it's really just a mess. I mean, even things like, uh, you know, uh, what's his name? Hukalo? I don't know how it's pronounced. Uh, uh sure. Yeah, that yeah, guy. The, the other, t- other Tongan, you know, yeah. him being described as a waste of money. And now all of the, the New Japan foreigners seeing that and basically going, well, fuck, I don't want to work with Ring of Honor if that's how they see us. Um, yeah. Uh, or Juice Robinson basically confirming that uh, he got out of Dodge as soon as he could because they were fucking him on money and he didn't want anything to do with it. I mean, it, it just makes Ring of Honor look completely unprofessional and ran as if it's ran by people who have no idea what they're doing. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. Joe Coff comes from a TV background, yes. if I'm not mistaken. Yes. But he's a mark. So he's always enjoyed wrestling. Yeah. So, you know, he he kind of took – once Sinclair acquired Ring of Honor, I think he was kind of put, you know, in place to to make it happen because he had a working knowledge at least of, of, of pro wrestling. Right. Um, and then there's this Greg Gillibrand guy who I don't know much about. I know the Delirious uh, Hunter, whatever his name is. Hunter Johnson. Um, Johnson. Enough. I almost said Thompson, but I knew that wasn't yeah. it. Uh, <laughs> yes, Hunter S. Thompson. Yeah. Doing creative for Ring of Honor. Now that – that it, I would hey, fucking hey, watch. It, it, there's, <laughs> there's little chance that it would be as hard to follow as Joey Mercury's tweets. I can tell you that much. <laughs> it would be unique. It'd be weird, but it wouldn't be as hard to follow as that. So I think this afternoon, Marty, we have to take acid and go through Joey Mercury's uh, tweets. Oh, and that—that's basically when I'll have that moment, like that—that <laughs> that meme of the woman doing math. It'll all just come together <laughs> for me. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, I'll, I'll suddenly understand it all. So it's, you know, and you look at the uh, advances for Final Battle, which is happening in two weeks' time, and yeah, there's a, a whopping 100 <laughs> tickets sold. Uh, well, that's that's for the uh, the TV tapings the next day. Uh, Ring of Honor is looking at a whopping 300 for uh, a Final One of their Battle. Big, yeah. It was supposed to be their biggest pay-per-view of the In year. In a 5,000-seat venue. Yeah, with uh, which you know is headlined with Roosh and PCO. Uh huh. Um, they're they booked Jay Lethal on a tag team, but he's still recovering from a broken arm. Yeah, he says um, he's going to work it though, which he sure, may have more a... brains than, uh, or excuse me, more guts than brains. Right. Uh, um, and yeah, it's you know Kelly Klein, who is their Women of Honor champion, uh, is not wrestling, and they are not no. renewing her contract. No. So it's, I mean, you know. It's, it's a broken record, but it's a clusterfuck over there. And I don't know, I don't know what the fix is. Um, maybe it's one of those things where they just have to gut all of the uh, management and you know bring in people who actually know what they're doing uh, and have good fresh ideas and scouting talent and and things like that. But I think what it really comes down to is what 
does the Sinclair Broadcast Group want to invest in this property? Um, and if they what care. are they expecting to get out of it? Exactly. Yeah. Um, do they do they want to you know keep putting money into this sadly failing? legendary uh federation and obviously we don't know the answer to that but the way it's being run there's there's no good news coming out of ring of i mean i guess they just signed flamita to a one-year deal so hey. that's cool that's cool <laughs> i like flamita i mean good yeah for him. no me too um but it's just not it, it's nothing really is going right for no, ring of honor no it's 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 a it's a very ugly situation um, to your point, I think Sinclair would have to care, and I don't know that they would. Right. I mean, a Ring of Honor was a purchase for them under the idea of low-cost programming for their affiliate networks. Now right. that they have uh, dozens of more networks, all in the sports genre, it's just like, okay, well, that's what Ring of Honor is supposed to be. I don't know that anything's really going to move the needle for them. I mean, if if the idea of letting the elite go was someone internally saying, eh, we don't need them, it's okay, like, that tells me that there isn't necessarily an interest to grow so far beyond where they are. Like, they, they're right. kind of stuck in this transitional space of being... Uh, bigger than an indie, but smaller than a you know full blown promotion. And I, I don't know that there's anyone who wants to sort of push the throttle forward there, as these reveals from Joey Mercury seem to indicate that that it's this weird hybrid approach of like, well, we don't want to go to smaller venues because that'll make us look small time, but if anyone's going to fill those venues, it's all because of the talent yet. Also, none of the talent is worth the money we paid. Like it's a weird yeah. look of how well that entire roster and that entire business is perceived by the people running it. I, I don't really understand like, you know what, what the, the thought process is. It seems very contradictory, which granted we're seeing glimpses and, and chunks from a questionable source. Um, yeah, I would say so, but still he, you know, was there, has working knowledge right, of, right. of how things went down. You know, uh, Kelly Klein has backed up a lot of what he said as, as somebody as who was Wimmer. there. Yeah. 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 And he got out of Dodge, uh, before yeah. shit really got bad, but he being married to Kelly Klein has, uh, you know, a lot of working knowledge on how things are going there. So yeah. it's just, yeah, it, 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 it's not a good look. The fact that Joe Coff didn't even know that they were doing that Enzo and Cass angle yeah. at the garden show yeah. was just like, oh man, this yeah. Like, uh, it's just, it's, it's bad. It is, it was, it's an uncomfortable read. Uh, cause sure we've been, you know, um, just theorizing, you know, what goes on and how bad it's been and stuff like that. But when you hear firsthand accounts of people who were there and see these text messages of just meh, you know, well, you know, uh, 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 uh. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it doesn't, doesn't really instill hope that, uh, that ring of honor is going to become something that I'm going to want to sink any time or money into. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> you described the, the current ring of honor management philosophy perfectly of, eh, yeah. <laughs> That, that's someone else's problem. <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 a lot of people's problems, and yes. they don't seem to be addressing those problems. So yeah, uh, the clusterfuckery in Ring of Honor is uh, is on another level right now. So I'm sure Tony Khan is very happy that he was able to court the elite away. I'm sure he is too. But Chris, here's yeah. a here's a solution. Maybe what they need to do to bring themselves back to prominence. 
is rehire the guy who got them into Sinclair in the first place. Are you talking about one James E. Cornett? I'm just saying he's back on the market as of this week. Oh, boy. (laughs) uh, Okay. So logically, that makes sense. But the human lightning rod of controversy that is James Cornett, um, I don't think that's going to go well. If he he circles back into the Ring of Honor uh, dressing room and front offices and and things like that. I have – the uh, mindset and um, uh, the way that Sinclair operates, I don't think really agrees with uh, with Corny's views on the world and well, things. Well, like I that. think some things might line up. <laughs> oh God! So Cornet, yeah. uh, obviously, everybody well, uh, has if you, probably. If you haven't heard. If you haven't heard. So uh, this week. Congratulations. Yes. Congratulations. Very quickly. We'll we'll jump into it. Uh, Tuesday night. uh, NWA power uh, Mm -hmm. debuted on YouTube. The latest episode uh, filmed back in like the beginning of October, by the way. Just Mm -hmm. just I feel that's worth mentioning. Mentioning. Yeah. 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 Uh, Filmed live to tape. Um, There was a line on commentary. Uh, from one James E. Cornette, where he basically made a joke about Ethiopians and a bucket of fried chicken, which yes, um, take from that what you will. Yeah, not uh, I mean, not a not a great look for anyone there. Uh, immediately uh, upon the live debut, because you can do live premieres of things on YouTube yeah. where people can chat and watch together. Uh, immediately upon that line. Uh, the the Twitter sphere it got enraged and uh, the episode was quickly taken offline, edited and reposted, and uh, overnight uh, Tuesday into Wednesday, uh, Cornette resigned from the NWA. Which was the, a forced resignation. Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, re- resigned is definitely a way of someone saving face. Uh, if yeah. you. Uh, piece things together from what was in the observer this week it sounded like a situation where they wanted him to quit they said you know he said no and that's how they basically described his subsequent firing um it's not a great look in 2019 uh there there's been it's been pointed out by people that jim ross or not jim ross (laughs) (laughs) the freudian slip there uh uh it's been pointed out by people that that jim Cornette uh has used this line many times in the past over the past 35 years does that make it okay no no it doesn't turns out doesn't turns out that societal standards of what's okay change with time uh yeah uh, oh, oh fucking everybody knew oh okay. oh yeah yeah Sorry. yeah turns out, My bad. Turns out. <laughs> um so the fact that cornet is just basically because he posted a podcast of course about of course. this uh and th- he posted a rant which of course he is on his youtube page which uh you know will get gain him money so you know if you want to throw yeah. some some shillings into to his bucket. Go ahead and check it out. But uh, the short version is he's basically just saying uh, I, I was making fun of hunger, not making fun of race. Therefore, it's OK. And yeah, Jim, no, no, that's 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 not it. So, yeah, first of all, it's hack. 
Okay. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's incredibly a, hacky. It's a bit. hacky joke. Um, Coming that, from you know, two of the hackiest motherfuckers in the world, right here. Oh, dude, I am the cheesiest motherfucker you've probably ever met. Yes. I listen to Glory Hammer non ironically, and I fucking <laughs> love it. Um, I'm all about the cheese. Yes. I mean, Power Wolf. Like, Christ, yeah. all the power metal I listen to is, yeah. is is indicative of of how I feel on the terms of cheesiness and hackiness. However, uh. I'm not a commentator on a worldwide published um, heritage organization's wrestling show. Um, I'm not a wrestling legend by any means. Um, But the fact that this this is just the mind of Cornette. And, you know, Cornette is – He's a valuable resource, and I, I you know, he he's forgotten more about professional wrestling than most people ever knew. It's true, but when when you put somebody on there uncoached, um, and the fact that he said this at the taping, and it went through multiple editing sessions before airing. Looking at you, Dave Lagana, looking at you, yeah. Billy Corgan, looking at you, nameless people in the NWA organization who ostensibly saw a cut of this at some point yeah. and said, oh, OK, show's fine. Yeah, that 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 it leads me to believe that there are some other systemic problems uh, inside the National Wrestling Alliance right now. Yeah. Um, Billy Corgan hanging out with Alex Jones doesn't help. No, no, it does not. Uh, William Corgan has some questionable. Uh, I guess he believes that they're turning the frogs gay. I don't know. Bottom line is, um, I don't know what the bottom line is. Bottom well, line is Cornette is, I guess, the old man yelling at clouds. In But not just in terms of all the flip news and everything, it's just, he's got that old mindset and he never evolved with the rest of the world. That's the problem. Exactly. exactly. Um, that, 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 that's a hundred percent where the, the issue is. Look, I, I host a live I, event. I do running commentary over it. I make jokes during it. If I were to sit here and say that the content of things I said and made fun of in 2008, when we started doing the show, is exactly the same and still viable in 2019. I wouldn't say that's true. And the reason is if you are a decent person at all, and this is just my personal perspective and you can feel free to disagree with me. OG five, three, eight, feel free to disagree with me, Chris, but you should approach life as an ever growing, ever changing, ever learning experience. Mm-hmm. what's funny at one point is funny at another because 99% of humor is contextual. Yeah. The context of him saying those things in 1985 is very different than the context of him saying those things in 2019. And it's a lot easier and people respond a lot better that when you say something at the wrong time, you go, Oh shit, my bad versus you're the wrong ones. You listened right. wrong. Like, that's not going to endear people to your side. Uh, and look, I know Cornette is never going to apologize for anything he's ever done. And, and, and this is really just compared to some of the other shit he said over the years. I mean, it's, it's a drop in a bucket. You know, the number of people who he's threatened to kill or called pedophiles or all these different things. It's it's an intense bucket of hatred that that man has built. And unfortunately he's kind of built a cottage industry out of being old man who rants. Um, 
And there's which, certainly a subsection of wrestling fans who eat that shit the fuck up. Right. And I get it. He's a he's a provocateur or whatever now, and he needs to push buttons. But the the thing is, NWA is not the, the Jim Cornette show. NWA is not his product. He is the voice of it, yes, but he's yeah. responsible for a lot more than just himself. And I think the overall abdication of responsibility for what he said in someone else's chair through someone else's microphone, I think that's where the real problem is. You you can sit there and say he's racist, he's all these different things. I wouldn't necessarily disagree with you, but I think the problem is the lack of self-awareness and self-reflection is yeah. what's going to fuck that dude over. Yep, and it has multiple times because it pretty much – has there been a place that he ha- has worked that he hasn't been fired from? <laughs> no, no. I mean this is just the latest, and, and I'll be honest. I don't know minus that joke I made about Ring of Honor. I don't know who would bring him in at this point. I mean, uh, you would think that he burnt enough bridges in WWE and also would be seen as a big step backwards because Vince hates Southern wrestling. So there's not going to be a spot for him there. AEW is built up with a management that specifically dislikes him. And also he called their ring announcer a pedophile. So uh, I do not enjoy Justin Roberts ring uh, ring announcing style. I'm not going to call the guy a pedophile without some kind of proof, which I have none. So, you know, I will continue to hate everything that Justin Roberts does in terms of his job. But that's just, you know, I don't like his voice and how he does ring announcing. Yeah. uh, No disagreement there, but it's very different. So after that impact, no, that's a that's a bridge that was burnt ages ago. I I, I don't know where a couple times uh, I don't know where he could ply his trade besides. Oh, fuck it. I'm going to restart. Smoky Mountain Wrestling again or, or something like that. It, it's it's hard to say. I, what I do know is the fact that he's basically, you know, folding his arms and going, deal with it. This is on you. Right. That's that's where the problem really lies. And I will yeah. say to that same point, uh, considering we talk often about his scoops and his news and all that, the fact that one Dave Meltzer uh, has been showing his ass this week. Uh, that's leaving a bad taste in my mouth too. And look, I know we're talking about 60 year old men and, um, you know, that, that comes with a, a certain degree. Like I'm 35. I don't know what my brain meets are going to be like by the time I hit that age, but I certainly hope that I can move and shake with the universe. It comes with a bit of systemic racism, uh, because that's how they were grown. That's, that's how the world was when they grew up. And, you know, we were having a laugh over the the photo of uh, of Meltzer from a couple years back and where he works in his den or wherever. And it's just this fucking hodgepodge mess of a fucking iMac and just crazy, terrible, weird stuff. And yeah. this is, you know, people um, get stuck in their ways yeah. and are not always open to evolve evolution really uh in in terms of societal evolution so you know and and i don't want people you know call social justice warriors or whatever i don't give a fuck what you say it's just the way the world is right now we don't make other people get offended by things people just get offended by things and sometimes we're offended by things yeah um i and in terms of what dave said basically 
what what Dave said was uh, along the lines talking about ACH and uh, and Jordan Miles getting his release, and I think the line was it sets a bad precedent because anybody who wants out of their contract can cry racism. Yeah, um, I think that was that was paraphrasing the line, yeah. um, and it, it wasn't worded greatly. No, no, but I I I know I. And having read a fair amount of how Dave writes, I, I know his mindset, and I don't sure. I, it I, 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 I think in that scenario that way, but yeah. that's just how his brain yeah. works, and I don't disagree with him either. Yeah, he, I, I think what he's trying to say is, regardless of what the situation was here, you've now given guys an out, mm-hmm. which is very different than what he wrote on the page. Right. Very yes. Cry, crying racism. That's not a phrase that you want to yeah. just toss toss around willy nilly. No. Um, you know, obviously the Jordan Miles ACH case is uh, unique in that it dealt with a very racist archetype. Uh, yeah. Or is there, you know, something along those lines. But yeah, it, it's all about how you say things. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it, it's the same thing with Dave and Jim. Um, just try and think before you say things either on a live uh, or live tape TV show mm-hmm. um, or, you know, have a proofreader go through and then, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, check you on some certain stuff. Cause it's, it's, it's not a good look for either. Yeah. It's, it, and look, I recognize you're talking about professional wrestling, a, an industry, which is at all times, at least 10 years behind the times. At least True. 10 years behind the time. So, you know, uh, it, it's to be expected that we're going to encounter some hinky points. I mean, the number of uh, like Asian superstars who still come from generically Japan and have music, <laughs> you know, played with traditional instruments and all that stuff. Like it, it's an infinite number. Um, so uh, you but know. in some cases, that's them. That's the performers. You know, oh, 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 I, I, I get it. Picking I get the it. direction and paying homage to where they came from. Right. But, but it, for every one of those, yeah. there's, you know, the Mexicals. Or, right, right. <laughs> or, you know, uh, something along those lines. Look, you yeah. can go, we can talk for the next two hours about racist gimmicks in pro wrestling history. It's, yes. it's, a, it's a subject of, of, of much discussion and yeah. are many examples out there. It's a subject um, that is both wide and deep, weirdly enough. Well, hello there. Um, so, yeah, we're getting there. It's, yeah. it's baby steps. Yeah. Like you said, this business is uh, is dragging its feet along, kicking and screaming in most yeah. cases in terms of, of getting there. And, you know, that's one of the things that AEW has been pushing in their media is that they're, you know, about inclusion and, and everybody gets a fair shake and, and, and things of that nature. Um, I don't think they've really lived up to – practicing what they preach yet but it's a work in progress you know this is their first I, time running an organization and i think they're doing better for a new organization than organizations that have been around for decades oh absolutely uh, are doing i i will say this uh the fact that uh in 2019 sunny kiss uh his badunkadunk is uh seen not as a gay panic tool but as a yeah. hey that guy's got a nice ass yeah. i think that's actually a fantastic step forward like, I, really, that whole thing was executed so perfectly. Yeah. Because you have Billy Gunn, Mr. Yes. Ass. He's an ass man. He loves to stick of, him. He loves of, to kick him. Of course he's going to be intrigued by the donk on Sunny Kiss. Yes. Uh, and, the, you know, But Orange his response Cassidy, was not, 
which I think would have been, especially in the Attitude Era, ew, get away from me, whatever. Right. It was just him going, hey, that's a nice ass. Yeah. <laughs> which... yeah. well, also, Billy Gunn, you know, his history with Chuck yes. also would yes, lead you to believe true. that perhaps he could be he could be interested. So, like, there couldn't have been a better person to introduce Sonny Kiss on AEW Dynamite with than Billy Gunn. I right, mean, it just right. ticks off all the marks. Yeah. Um, well, not. You know what I mean. Yes. It doesn't anger wrestling fans. It, it yeah. checks marks and boxes is what yes, I meant. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I am, however, worried about one Jim's, Jim Ross when it comes to Sonny Kiss in the future. Yeah. Because uh, you can tell – you know, he did a match on Dark or something like that. You can tell Jim is – and to Jim's credit, yeah. he's fighting internally in his mind saying things. Yes. Um, Jim Ross so his is actively is, learning in real yes. time. That yes. that to me is the most fascinating part of watching AEW. For as much as Jim Ross's commentary in New Japan was appropriately uh, uh, shit upon by uh, U.S. fans, um, ourselves included. Yes, uh, you can hear the enthusiasm of Excalibur and Tony Schiavone, especially Schiavone. Shivani's living his best life right now, yeah. and I couldn't be happier for him. You can you can hear Jim Ross starting to understand, appreciate, and get what modern wrestling is, the types of different and unique individuals that make up modern wrestling. Like, you know, you can also listen to his uh, Grilling with JR podcast. and Or see what he retweets. Or see what uh, he to retweets. Get, to get a real peek into his mind of how he feels about these things. And, but. and yeah, he's, again, he's a 60-plus-year-old man. But during the show in particular, you can, get, you can get this vibe of, hey, JR is starting to get it a bit. Yeah. He's and trying. He's putting the effort in. Yeah. And, and that's refreshing. And, and you know, again, if, if Cornette – in an unusual step for him, stepped back, looked at what he said, and did a mea culpa. Yeah, there'd be people that still would motherfuck that guy for days on end. But what a different response he would receive yeah. if he just said, hey, I fell into old habits. It's a phrase I used for years and years and years. When you're trying to do commentary on the fly, you know, you rest on these old laurels. Yeah. Those laurels need to change and I need to change. Yeah. What what a different thing that would be. Now, granted, I say this as a white dude. So, uh, you know, I don't know how that would be taken by professional wrestling fans of color and, and that sort of thing. And nor am I go going to prescribe how they should respond. Right. But I feel like. That would have been a world of difference than him just going, well, that's who I am. And and it's just like South Park and it's just like Family Guy and, you know, all these things. And uh, No, no, it's not. But what, <laughs> It's not, <laughs> no, Jim. It's not. No, 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 it's not. So, OK, so that was Tuesday. Uh, also on Tuesday, Phil Brooks returned to uh, WWE backstage. Yep. Uh, didn't really drop any uh, pipe bombs, oh, if oh, you will. He claimed he did. Because uh, well, because uh, he called out Tom Arnold on the show and he dropped yeah. the mic. Yeah, because Tom Arnold is, is really somebody who is uh, 
uh, in the zeitgeist right now. Yeah. I, I mean, when's the last time anybody heard anything about Tom Arnold? Uh, the best damn sports show ever, or whatever it was called. I think that was the last time. Tom... Oh wait, no, no, Tom True Arnold. Lies. Oh well, yeah, True Lies, uh, which is on <laughs> HBO right now, and I've been I oh, watched it? that the other day. Um, <laughs> because Grateful. it's not available on like Blu-ray or iTunes or anything like that. Weirdly really? enough, it's on HBO. Um, huh. Yeah. Uh, uh, wait, he claimed to have tapes of Donald Trump being racist during uh, Celebrity Apprentice. Oh, because that's going to change anything. Ooh, yeah, I know, right? Um, <laughs> he, he does that daily and is still president. So Yeah, yeah, really... yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think that was the last time. But, but, but beyond that, Punk, you know, uh, he talked about uh, the the product as it stands. Uh, and I, I will give credit where credit is due. He did have criticisms for sure. what is happening right now in WWE television. You know, he talked shit about the, the big dog segment with uh, Baron Corbin on, on SmackDown the previous Friday. He talked about how everyone feels homogenized. I mean, it was stuff he complained about in his quote unquote pipe bombs in the past. Right. So if anything, that tells you nothing has changed in the eight years since. Um, yeah. And he told uh, Seth Rollins to delete Twitter which was promptly responded with CM Punk, fight me. Which fight just, me at WrestleMania. Yeah, which you're not getting it, Seth. You're not getting it, bud. Um, Man. You know, okay, so let, let's let's talk about Seth. Let's talk about Colby. I don't, I don't even want to call him Seth Rollins anymore because yes. the, the, Seth, the, the, the Seth Rollins that we have mm-hmm. right now is not the Seth Rollins that was my favorite wrestler at one point. Um, it's just... I don't know if it was being the top guy that changed him uh, or or what. So I watched um, the Untold on yeah. the network yeah. about the about the match he had with Sting and, um, you know, what came of that and, and all this sorts of thing. And Seth was, you know, doing his bit about how, you know, he was a big wrestling fan as a kid and idolized Sting and dressed up as Sting for Halloween and all these sorts of things. And they kind of like, it's actually a a really well done uh, program because they go back through, you know, Seth's rise that year Mm -hmm. and the cash in at WrestleMania. And it made me remember how hot of a, you know, performer he was at the time. Absolutely. Even to the point where after I finished watching that, I went back and watched the main event of WrestleMania 31 because I wanted to experience that that you know that feeling again. And that yeah. match still is fan fucking tat. Everything about that match is yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Um, but that Seth Rollins is not the Seth Rollins that we have right now. We just have this fucking bootlicking geek who is just towing the company line and you know uh, drinking his own Kool-Aid and drinking Vince's Kool-Aid and he's just a he's he's a unlikable dork right now <laughs> you know you're, you're, Kenny you're Omega's not a, Kenny Omega's a dork but Kenny Omega is a a, a fascinating uh dork yeah Kenny Omega by the way pushing up heavyweights this week on Dynamite oh is it like 30 60 pounds or something like that <laughs> But and the fact that Seth, you know, just he just keeps doubling down on every terrible take that he has. And it's just it's slowly destroying every little ounce of goodwill that he had built over the years. And it's just I I, I can't believe so, if you would have if you would have asked me this time last year that I would, you know, who would I one of the people I would hate the most in WWE, if you would have said Seth Rollins, I'd have called you a fucking liar. 
Well, I I think the thing is that there's there's two ways to look at it. One is I think the Seth Rollins that's on TV is very different from the Seth Rollins on social media. I think Seth is getting terrible at social media where in ring he's still fine. You know, I, I can't I can't entirely criticize beyond the fact that he was, you know, stuck in that Baron Corbin feud for forever and and that and sort no of thing. Uh, I, I can't like his match with Adam Cole uh, the other week was awesome. I enjoyed him and Walter tearing it up, you know, all those different things. Do you think it is a scenario where the stress and the pressure of being the guy in a time where uh, even though, yeah, they are making more money than ever and the stock's going up and all that, live events aren't drawing to where they've had to cancel so many of them. TV ratings are dropping. Do you think he feels a pressure or a personal responsibility for that? And this is Seth under pressure trying to say everything's awesome. Uh, probably. I mean, you know, you look at it, he was the guy that was groomed to to slay the beast. He's the beast slayer, the guy yeah. who took out Brock Lesnar. And then, okay, it's going to be different now. Uh, and it, I guess, was different, but not in the positive all the way. Um, but at the same time, I, I'm i not sure how much of it is actually his fault. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, 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 I, in the back of my mind, I'm sympathetic. But at the same time, watching it, I'm like, I, I, I just can't get behind this character or right. this performer right now. It, it's right. really hard for me. And granted, I don't watch Raw or SmackDown on the reg. But even you know, seeing him show up at the end of NXT, um, and who uh, against Champa, yeah, uh, have this stare down, a little scrum in the ring. I was like, and then he like he got booed out of Full Sail. Yeah, yeah, which. Which, I mean, I'm sure someone said, oh, that's so great. People are so behind the NXT brand that they no, turned on. that's not a good set. look. <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's not a good look. And also, that's not what was happening. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's, it's really a shame. It's really a bummer. And I think the minute he drops that belt, it will be a good thing for him. I mean, he already uh, did. Oh, well, you know what? That's right. He already did. <laughs> Fuck. Well, sorry. I should rephrase. I, I should rephrase. The minute he drops in prominence. Okay. It will be a good thing for him. Yes. I, I forgot that he dropped the belt to <laughs> the, the fiend, fiend who's on SmackDown Joel. now. Yeah. And then yeah. the other belts back on Brock, which is on Raw again. And yep. Uh, the more We're stuck things... in a fucking time loop. Yes. Uh, by the way, uh, I'm just going to very quickly say uh, our, our, th- Thoughts and predictions, just so we can knock them out for Survivor Series tonight. None of it matters, uh, and we'll yeah. all move on. Um, <laughs> I don't really care to predict. There's two, look, Survivor Series. And we say this every year. There, there's it. It really it means nothing now more than ever. It means yeah, because now NXT is involved, which just adds another layer of nothingness to it. I'm sure, it adds you know, more guys in t-shirts. <laughs> There were, yeah, exactly. There were a couple exciting, you know, brawl moments throughout the build that, you know, like when Drew McIntyre showed up uh, in the in full sail and yeah. had a just beautiful Claymore kick. I was like, fuck yeah, this is all right. I'm I'm cool with this. And you know, even for a second there, when when Seth popped up and I was getting a, a showdown with Champ, I'm like, okay, maybe I could get into this. Um, and then but, the show. But went the off thing the is, you weren't into. Oh my God! Raw's invading NXT. You were into no. I was just into fresh matchups. Seth Rollins and Champa. <laughs> you know, you were you were into the idea of. 
people getting featured in ways they hadn't been featured before. I think the thing that is so frustrating is, as we've underlined many times on the lead up here, there's no stakes. Like no one, no one's going to gain anything from this. There's literally nothing that anyone winning will have that they didn't have the day before. Yeah. I, I mean, you could argue in some ways. Except when Pete Dunne wins the NXT title tonight. I don't think I don't I don't know that he will. I don't think he will considering <laughs> Ciampa murdered him, which tells me Ciampa's going to go back for the NXT belt soon. Um but that I mean, you could also say that about War Games. There were two great War Games matches last night and with the exception of the personal issue between Shayna Baszler and Rhea, Rhea Ripley, I don't know if there was a lot there there. There was some there was some hatred in those matches. There was some Fucking incredible spots. But at the end of the day, was the Undisputed Era defeated? Was Shayna Baszler taken out permanently? You know, like there there wasn't a, a finality to either one. It was just matches to be matches akin to what we're seeing tonight. I mean, the fact that Adam Cole is going to murder, get murdered and die a thousand deaths in front of us to wrap up that big men's match to yeah. go to a wrestling match with Pete Dunne the next day. I mean, right. Unless he's taken out of the match for some reason or or something like that, like there's no, there there's no weight to that which we just saw, and yeah, and it, it's all about those, and it's such a WWE term. It, it's just become about the moments as opposed to the longevity and and the weight of it. You know, to me, it was personified perfectly on Friday night that the NXT guys. Just got slapped with T-shirts. None of them got to have any individuality. And if anything, they were second fiddle to uh, Triple H and Shawn Michaels running back, quote unquote, the tank, which was a Jeep, running it back because that's the moment that won the Monday Night Wars or something. You know what would have been infinitely more creepy to see? All of those guys marching down together. Yeah. Just coming in from the distance, one unified front. Just marching together like they they would have looked insane. They would have looked. But I don't want them marching together the same way. I don't want, you know, the four women who are in Team NXT tonight were on opposite sides last night in a fucking war games match. Yeah. What sense does that make? Yeah. You just, you know, Tony Storm, who only did one thing and showing up on SmackDown Friday night. Now she's part of this match. She had she's done nothing in NXT. Oh, and she got pulled from a prominent match on Progress's show this weekend. Right. I mean, look, I'm I'm very happy to see uh, Tony Storm's thick white ass on Survivor Series tonight uh, because Team Pog all fucking day and yeah. that donk is ridiculous. Um, so I'm going to enjoy that. Um, but at the same time, it's just – fuck Survivor Series. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the way they do Survivor Series now. I still love the concept of Survivor Series. But the brand supremacy, which for one is a stupid term that has been beaten down uh, the dead horse a million times. And also these people have had these jobs for like four weeks at this point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, it's it's just it, – it's too much. I don't uh, – It has all of the it. value of uh, – uh, it's inter- empty calories of, of of a company versus company softball game. <laughs> that's that's Topes where we're at lose. at this point. Topes lose. Like that, Topes lose. That's where we're if at they, now. Look, if they dress Keith Lee up as dancing Homer, I'm 100% back in. Uh, we'll, um, Chris, you know. Chris, I don't think the optics of a dancing black guy are really what they want to have in 2019. Okay, make it Otis. <laughs> there Put we Otis, go. 
as dancing home or even the capital city goofball either way you know i'm 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 then then i'm back in uh you know fuck i i I can't i can't really care about any of these matches happening tonight yeah and some of them on paper are great i would love to see adam cole and pete dunn but i also know adam cole just got murdered last night and probably is not going to be uh well enough to have a great match uh, uh, if he, uh, the fact that he's probably even walking today is is an amazing thing because that was a ridiculously dangerous, terrible yeah. spot. Yeah, the the fact that you know, as we just said, the five women who are part of the NXT team for the the women's group literally were just murdering each other the night before in a hell of a match. Credit where credit is due. That yeah. women's war game match was unbelievable. Very um, well booked. Very very well done. Um. You know, the fact that 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 happened, A, takes away the weight of the War Games match, and B, just feels weird. Uh, So I I don't know that I should care. The fact that the uh, men's three-way – by the way, the fact that these are three-ways – Oh, no, I'm talking about the the, the men's uh, three-way five-on-five-on-five main event for Survivor Series. But the fact that it's a three-way just means it's going to be even more clusterfucky than usual. Um, The fact that one of the prime members of Team Raw – was just in NXT's main event last night. Yeah, I know. Look, we, um, we can sit unle- here and try to make sense of that's going to be day. a story. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, Owens showed up as the fourth member of Team Champa with his original uh, NXT t-shirt design, which is a shirt I still wear in the regular, yeah. and his original uh, Titantron uh, yeah. as well. So I don't know if this was a one-off. Um, he kind of... You know, he let after they won, he kind of left the ring, let the other three guys celebrate, which makes me think it was a one off. Yeah. Um, and he did the same on the post show dot com promo where he said it was fucking awesome to be back and then let the other guys do their post match promo. So as much as I would love to see Kevin Owens back in NXT, I'm not holding my breath that it's going to be a regular thing unless they, they play it out tonight where he defects from team raw and helps out team NXT in some way. I don't, I don't, I don't fucking know. I mean, yeah. like you said, it would be a moment and that's what they do. They're in the moment business. Yeah. Um, so survivor series is tonight. People are going to win. People are going to lose. We're probably going to get a good match or two, but yeah, you know, it's whose line is it anyway? Welcome to the game where everybody does stupid shit and the points don't matter. Yeah, yeah, that's that's where we're at. <laughs> that's where we're officially at now. Um, and, and, and Can we I, bring Drew Carey in again? Uh, Hall of Famer Drew uh, Carey? <laughs> That'd be great. I would Please? love it. I would love it. Can we do that? Meanwhile, let's look at their competition real quick. They had a show Wednesday night that had two of the best matches I've seen on television in years in Ray Phoenix and, uh, and Nick, Jackson. Nick Jackson and also the, the main event between uh, I wanted to Darby say, Allen, Terrence Trent, Darby Allen, uh, and uh, uh, John Moxley. Th- those <laughs> matches were incredible, but more than that, they built to the next week's TV show about that, giving me matches that I am frothing at the mouth to see. Yeah, no, they, I mean, we want to have a world title defense on Wednesday. Chris Jericho against Scorpion, uh, Scorpion, yeah, <laughs> Scorpio Sky. Uh, he basically, um, you know, uh, Looney tuned him way in, yeah, lo- his way into duck a title shot. It. Yeah, he duck seasoned it, um, which is both ridiculous and hilarious simultaneously. And if any, I will give credit to that whole bit to Chris Jericho. Oh, yeah, uh, because with anybody else. In that situation, it would have it wouldn't have worked. But 
Chris Jericho is so good at walking that cheese ball corny dad line, mm-hmm. um, but and also being a legit um, superstar, badass, but a legit superstar. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Performer, wrestler, everything. It wouldn't have worked with anybody else. Someone um, someone pointed out uh, online this week. Uh, I forget where I read it, but it, it's all I've been able to think about that that Chris Jericho in in AEW is officially the twenty year older version of WCW Jericho. Yeah, million percent. And it, it it's it is that line of being ridiculous, being over the top, having the temper tantrums, being silly yet devious. You know all these different things and. I will say this. Uh, yes, lots of credit goes to Jericho. Scorpio Sky was right there with him. Scorpio no, he did. Sky he held his own. Held his own. Uh, I feel like the the whole bit there uh, about uh, Melanie, whatever, was a, the girl a little. From high school. Yeah, the girl from yeah. high school was a great little improv between them. But also, yeah. Sky came off confident. Like, I didn't know he was that smooth on the mic. Yeah. I don't and, think I've ever heard him talk. And he came <laughs> off like he could. I don't think he will. But he could win the belt. And and that's that's what wrestling is. You take guys, you give them right. opportunities, you let them shine. And even if they don't win, you know, you make them someone important. Same thing with Darby Allen. Darby Allen, did he lose on uh, Wednesday night? Yeah. But he was this close to getting mocks. That that moment towards the end where they did the the um coffin drop into the rear naked choke into great. the pin. I thought yeah. for sure that was going to be it. I thought for sure it was going to be it. But Darby just looks like the craziest motherfucker in the world who's willing to do anything and everything to just try to get offense on a guy. Like, basically, his entire offense now seems to be built on, I'm going to throw myself at you and hope for the best. Yep. And Mox looks like the sick, sadistic motherfucker that we know him to be. Yeah. Yeah. That was probably the best showing we've seen of Mox in AEW so far, I think, Um, in terms of full on start to finish match, Um, because, yeah, it it highlighted all of his all of his uh, bright spots, bright spots. And the fact that this is the guy that, you know, you had dicking around with potted plants and exploding monitors and, and ketchup and hot dog like uh ketchup and hot dog yeah yeah uh, it's just with it, a hot dog it, stand with ketchup and mustard yeah yeah you know what i was you know what i'm getting at yeah um it, it's just you know you had that much talent sitting right there and you just made them be this fucking hokey sort of sort of thing you know uh, but you know i'm, I'm gonna him, contradict myself i will say him coming through the audience as his entrance now uh, i know yeah. like it's it's a nod to the shield stuff yeah but People lose their shit about him in a way I haven't seen since, and I'm going to to peg a timeline on this, since Austin in, like, 96, like, where he's on the verge. Yeah. It's not there. This isn't Jesus Pop, oh, my God, you know, the Beatles are back level insanity that we saw 97 through early 2000s with Austin. But there's this vibe where people are just loving this guy, and he's counterculture and he's he's intense and extreme and and all of these things and it's resonating yeah yeah Yeah. he's got that superstar aura yeah about him yeah and i don't you know and sure a lot of that comes from the fact that he was in wwe for eight years or whatever it was absolutely but you know the fact that you know his history and everything that 
led him to where he is right now is what it is. Mm-hmm. That's part of the, what makes him who he is and, and why he's so over, you know, being, if, if Mox had, you know, done everything but WWE, you know, ring of honor, new Japan, whatever, mm-hmm. and never gone to WWE and then signed with AEW this year, yeah. we wouldn't be getting the same sort of person. No, it, it, no. It, his time in WWE made him confident, Absolutely. Uh, in, in in who he is and what he can do uh, on the mic, uh, experience with live TV, like you know, these are things that, that 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 have happened that have fully formed this evolution of John Moxley. And right. you know, like you said, it's resonating with the crowd. We're fucking loving it. Um, and he's going out there, and you can see on his face that he is loving it as well. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the that's the big thing because. You can tell when people are miserable, and you can tell when they're having a blast. And Mox is having a blast, and it's contagious. Yeah, hundred percent. You were saying though you're going to contradict yourself. Do you remember what that point was? I wanted to double no, back to I that. don't. Okay, I went, I went over. never mind. Never mind. Yeah. Uh, but also uh, on uh, the Dynamite show, the other big thing is we had the uh, the Diamond Ring uh, Battle Royal or whatever it was called. I want to see this damn ring. Uh, yeah, I want to see it too. Cody's Cody's uh, talking some serious shit about how, how beautiful it is. But uh, the final two, uh, it looked like it was going to be Jungle Boy and Adam Page. But uh, MJF did the uh, whip through the ropes as opposed to over the ropes bit. Yeah. Um, and pulled uh jungle boy off the apron to make uh mjf and adam page be the final two by the way that crowd really wanted it to be jungle boy he is i think he's gonna be the next in line to get that you know big push i mean uh, the first few weeks were about you know getting over guys like darby and scorpio sky and all that i think that uh that jungle boy's next I really would like to see a showcase match for him, mm-hmm. um, like even the singles match. And look, you just had Phoenix in a in a in a showcase singles match. Why not yeah. have Jungle Boy in one? Um, you know, as much as I love Jurassic Express as a unit, um, there's no reason why they can't do singles matches. And it looks like we're gonna heading down uh, the road where we get uh, Jake Hager and Luchasaurus, and I'm yeah. fucking here for it because um, they didn't really interact much on screen or in ring in Lucha Underground. They're both there uh, at the at the same time, Luchasaurus got killed off early because he was injured, mm-hmm. and then Hager kind of ran through all the little uh, luchadors um, on the screen there. So, so yeah, but just staring each other down eye to eye, and mm-hmm. that's that's some good shit right there. Oh yeah, because those the- those are your two Ed Wardlow. Those are the three biggest guys that you got in terms of stature. Well, uh, I, and Billy Gunn, because Billy Gunn looked like the fucking big show in that uh, battle royal. Christ. You you forget that WWE was the land of the giants, you know? It's true. It's uh, true. You're so, you're so used to, you know, him being a normal sized guy. Right. When you're, when he's standing next to fucking Marco stunt, yeah. he looks like fucking great Kali. Yeah. It's, it, it, it was ridiculous seeing that, but again, just one of those shows where, they put on good matches. The matches told stories. The matches build to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing, and that's all you need. MJF, by the way, just steps away from being a full-on main event heel. People hate that guy, but he is such a shithead in the best of ways. And yeah. I think he threw out all the all the all the favorites in the yeah, battle royal. I think he's going to be the one to uh, win that ring match. By the way, 
I think he has to be. Yeah. Uh, you got to give him something else to to brag on and go on about. Like, Cody, you dropped $42,000 on this ring, and yeah. I took it from you, you stupid bastard, all, yeah, and all yeah, these yeah. sorts of things. Yeah, no, that's that that's going to be some good stuff right there. Yeah, uh, very much looking forward to seeing how that all plays out. Uh, and, of course, that show is going to be uh, Wednesday night from the site of the crime, if you will, uh, the Sears Center in Chicago, Illinois, where uh, all in and all out were so it'll be cool yeah. to see them return and uh, i don't know why I'm, I'm kind of excited about a uh pre-thanksgiving bit of wrestling haven't seen that since survivor series back in the day i know i remember when survivor series used to uh be on the night before because my the way it used to be my mom used to go over my aunt's house to make the uh the stuffing the dress the mm. italian dressing um and my aunt had an, uh one of the cable black boxes oh nice <laughs> So I would, I would, I would like, hey, I'll come along too, and then yeah. I'll, uh, you know, I'd be watching Survivor Series in the living room, and then on the slide trying to find the porno channels to flip back and forth between. Ah, <laughs> oh, Chris, that uh, that must have been weird. Your mom comes in, you're watching Razor Ramon do something, and you have a little boner <laughs> going on. No, it was a big boner. <laughs> it, was, it was Razor Ramon. He was a stud. <laughs> A diamond stud, if you will. She she was actually into Razor Ramon as well. My mom. Oh, hey, hey, Chico. <laughs> my mom. I figured out my mom has a type uh, because she was a fan of Razor Ramon and Raphael Palmero. <laughs> so it was that. <laughs> Weirdly enough, my mom was into Tom Selleck and Kevin Nash. Okay, all right. There yeah, you, yeah. I, I don't know if it was the mustache. That I just don't know. Got I, him going in the in the uh, late eighties, early nineties. I don't. I don't know what it was, I but yeah, weird shit, man. Weird, weird yeah. shit. Yeah. Anyway, so listeners, <laughs> who did your mom find attractive? Yeah, we want to find out who, who your mom wanted the bone <laughs> in the at terms Rump of pro on Twitter. Let us know. <laughs> yeah, we have to start some power rankings of yeah, uh, yeah. where moms wanted the bone. <laughs> fucking great uh that'll be this year's march madness tournament it'll be (laughs) wrestlers moms want a bone yes i'm I'm here for it let's 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 get it done let's get it going for the mommies let's hear it for them (laughs) okay all right this is taking a left turn um Else, the, well, and you mentioned it earlier, but before we move on from AEW, the Nick yeah. Jackson Phoenix match oh my was God. a fucking blast. So good. I mean, yeah. uh, as great as the tag matches that the Lucha Bros had with the Young Bucks, this was basically a distilled version of it one on one. You forget that, hey, these guys are really, I mean, less so with Phoenix because Phoenix tends to do more singles matches. Yeah. Um, I think Matt said this is his first singles match since 2015. Yeah. Um, you, you forget, hey, these guys can actually wrestle really well on their own. One thing I did like, you know, just kind of one of those subtle bits was during the match, there were moments where you could see Nick look towards the corner as if he was looking for Matt. Uh, and then yeah. he'd go, oh, shit. And then, you know, get right back in the match. Just little things like that I, I thought yeah. were, were nice touches. But crazy spots, crazy dives. Look, if you, you like catches catch can uh, or, or even strong style wrestling, this wasn't for you. But if you like the flippy do's and your stuff to look like an absolutely insane Hong Kong martial arts flick, this was the match for you. It was incredible phoenix uh, i keep saying it week by week watching him more and more in aew he's one of the greatest wrestlers full stop going today yeah no i i i can't disagree with you he's a fantastic talent um and it's weird seeing him work heel uh for the most part but 
still uh oh. nothing but upside for that kid speaking of phoenix phoenix doubling back to the battle royal i legit yeah. thought that was phoenix coming out in the battle royal <laughs> to support well, what, pentagon when are we going to get the daniels pentagon match let's just let's just do that i want i want pentagon to break his fucking arm let's let's <laughs> let's, let's, let's do this shit um, and then we put him then, on the shelf for another six weeks yeah exactly so the the downside of uh of of dynamite was another referee botch yeah. This one, uh, Paul Turner, I think yep, it was. Paul Turner. This time. Well, was it his fault or was it, I, I feel like someone yes. was supposed to interfere. The, even even if they were, it's Paul's fault. Because okay. just fucking call the matches a shoot then. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, it, it yeah. just takes, it, the match fell apart after that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, what they had planned was uh, a hot finish. Oh, and, 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 and they got, just because we didn't say was it was, it was uh, private party and proud and powerful. Uh, it's a lot of peas. Yes, uh, or Santana and Ortiz, if you feel better about that. Um, they uh, they were having basically a match that was a a follow up to the angle they had the prior week, yeah. uh, where they saved the young bucks. A private party saved the young bucks from uh, Santana and Ortiz. Also, it was a tribute match to their friend uh, Matt Travis, who passed away. Um, right. And like you said, to that point, it was it was a really good match, and that really just kind of put a a, a big gray cloud over top of it. Um, I mean, yes, so there, private parties green, okay. but yeah, yeah, that's that's what I was going to say. Like they they they, I think they they still need some work before being thrust onto the the top of the pops. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you know, and I think you know, working with Santana Ortiz and the Young Bucks teams that have been doing it for a really long time is mm-hmm. is going to help them. But they, you know, it, it, they're not quite there yet, and that was, that was a big, ugh, that was a big cringy moment. Yeah, yeah, and for better or for worse, you know, because AEW doesn't have house shows, unless they're going to start lending guys out more regularly to indie companies, like yeah. we found out that uh, private parties can be working at a local indie, literally minutes from where we live. Um, yeah, about a month from now. Yeah, MCW, uh, maybe. you know. It strikes me that unless they do that, we're going to see more of this before we see less of it because they have some greener talent. And really, the only way to get them better is by putting them in the ring. But I I think there's something to, you know, talk about another match that wasn't all that great. Uh, Hikaru Shida and Britt Baker, who's, Britt Baker. who's a dentist, Chris, I don't know if she, she was a dentist. I, you know what? I did. I did hear that somewhere. Yes. Uh, also, she's uh, <laughs> she's in Chicago from time to time, turns out. Baby. Um, that match wasn't great by any means. I mean, I like the fact yeah. that Shida went over and they're making it very clear that Shida is like now the you know next big chosen one for the women's division. Yeah. But really... The only way a Britt Baker is going to get better is by forcing her to do matches of that length, of that style, of that caliber, and we're we're going to have to watch her go through the growing pains, man. Yeah, well, you know, you also have Dark. Um, yeah. And they've brought in some women who are maybe a little more polished. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, your Jamie Haters and your uh, Big Swoles and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know. we'll we'll get there and you know obviously any corp uh, any promotion is going to have growing pains this is part of it yeah uh, especially in their business model of not doing house shows like you said so you know like you said uh we some patients have to be involved here uh and you know that but you know also takes when everybody's there during the day i'm not sure what time the ring gets set up but i uh, 
Yeah, yeah. You know, let, do let, some more. Do some workshops with some of the. Uh, you know. Oh, I'm sure Gunnett. it's happening. I'm sure it's happening. But it's I just, hope so. I I would think you know, and I say this not as someone who's ever worked a match in my entire life. I would think working things out is very different from doing it in front of a crowd. And, well, yeah. You know, there, there's a there's a give and take that you have to learn, and yeah, house shows are typically where those things are learned. So, uh, you know, it, it's just they're they're flying without a net at this point, and um, it, it's going to be what it is uh, until you know it gets better. But hey, uh, Survivor Series tonight. We'll see how that works out. Uh, I I literally have nothing else on our list to cover. Chris, did you have anything else you want to get? Yeah, into? Takeover. Oh fuck, <laughs> the rest so- of Takeover. <laughs> So, all right. So, just to, to to circle back, we'll we'll do the lateral from Dynamite into um, NXT from Wednesday. Yeah. And it was, it okay. So I'm gonna, uh, I don't know how to how to put it. It was an exciting show. Yes. Um, because there were surprises and people showed up and things of that nature. And also at the same time it, it was an anomaly because next Wednesday is going to be none of those surprises mm-hmm. you're going to have fallout from what happens this weekend so you know it, it, Here, it popped it, it popped the rating here's the analogy I'm gonna use okay Chris you're a child of the 90s like I am yeah remember in the world of comic books where they would do crossover events or special editions with foil covers and all that fatal attractions both yes yes there you go or or the never-ending deathmate saga from uh valiant and image comics um yeah too deep for my yeah uh fact is those work in a bubble yeah but at a point you have to get back to the business of just telling your story yeah this was one of those moments it's cool they did it hey they got the ratings good for them but like you said, next week we're going to be back to NXT being NXT unless someone makes a decision that all three brands can go anywhere they want at any given time. Please which, don't do that. Well, we'll 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 see the super wild card rule, if you will. Um, it did kind of take away from what was going on there. I mean, yeah. You know, I I thought it was cool to see uh, a Becky Lynch pop up and have a match with Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley, who, by the way, had a hell of a week. She got to uh, beat up Becky Lynch, got to beat up Sasha Banks, got to pin Charlotte Flair and got to Mm -hmm. pin Shayna Baszler. Uh, So I think they like her. Just a hunch. Um, Who doesn't? (laughs) You don't. You're a fucking moron. Well. (laughs) <laughs> you know, uh, she she says some terrible things on Twitch every now and then. There's that. Uh, but that oh, she does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn it. She didn't pull a Randy, but, you know, she yeah. said something almost as bad. Um, that's why uh, Dio Madden and uh, uh, Mansoor are no longer allowed to have a Twitch show. Um, uh, anyway, uh, you know, it, it was cool to see those things. It was cool to see Ricochet and Matt Riddle. Also, yeah. Less cool to see Ricochet and Matt Riddle get three minutes when the fucking Forgotten Sons gets like 15 to have a match with the Viking Raiders. <laughs> Even if that yeah. match was good, because it was good. That was probably the best Forgotten Sons match we've seen. Yeah, almost forgot about it, though. Weird how that works. Um, yeah, but it was just, you know, um, distraction after distraction after invasion after invasion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it, you do get that 
initial pop, like, oh, fuck, Cesaro and uh, Shinsuke? Hell yeah. yeah you yeah. know, like, y- you get that level of excitement. But like you said, next week we have to go back to to, to, to regular. Oh, and, um, and I did like the interaction that uh, Kyrie Sane and Io Shirai had. That was really fun. Yeah. And adorable. Yeah. Yes. Oh, God, I love them both so much. Io, Io, is there anybody cooler than Io Shirai right now? Especially after Saturday night? I don't think so. <sighs> Like her, like the entrance is fantastic. She's like just fucking crazy. I don't know. I, 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 her and her and Rhea Ripley right now are are one and one a for you know best uh, female talents going. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, they're they're fantastic. I you know. Uh, oh, and there was also the the um, uh, revival Red Dragon match, which was as dope as we would hope it would be. I feel like it kind of it was good, but I don't feel like it was next level it, it wasn't as much a surprise as say viking raiders and right Mountain sons was which, the, which which you know we've talked about for me as kind of like that intangible thing uh you know the the weight of expectation or the yeah the bump of surprise um right. i think revival red dragon got hit with the weight of expectation but viking raiders uh, forgotten sons. Surprise! Yeah, the guy with that that pinch of surprise, and therefore it's good. But and and we had a match where basically uh, Dominic Dijakovic murdered himself with a ladder, where Adam Cole hung out because he's got a big wake. Oh, well, <laughs> Cole went through a ladder as well, and it looked like it hurt like a motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. Choke slammed from one ladder into another ladder. It, it just it was kind of funny. It was like, oh, that's his bump. All right, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, but uh, Dijakovic was was pretty brutal because he took that uh, suitcase blow to the head on protected he was like dunk yeah. Yeah, and then yeah, fell yeah. back into the ladder which was a great spot yeah. um but yeah and then had to do war games the night uh, a couple nights later mm-hmm. but overall you know it was an enjoyable show they did win the uh ratings war in terms of viewers not so much in target demo but you know there's always a catch um and then it all led into takeover last night so i did not watch the pre-show did you i i did not know Okay, so when you started watching Takeover, mm-hmm. did you have any fucking idea why uh, Dakota Kai was coming out? So when I watched it, uh, full disclosure, last night had the in-laws over, so I watched the show in the wee hours in the morning this morning. I see. Um, so I was aware of what happened in the pre-show. Um, I could say that I think they did a, a poor job of really explaining framing it yeah um it, seriously guys throw a video up come on yeah. uh <laughs> you're usually so good at that Why yeah did that, how did that not happen this there was time? there were some weird issues with the direction of of that show as a whole like they almost completely missed the like poison rana and the women's match and yeah they did well they uh, did the first time but luckily yeah. they caught it on a replay which yeah. was a ridiculous fucking spot yeah it's just there, there was some little weird issues with that show in terms of how it was put together i don't know why but yeah so you had dakota kai uh oh sorry you had uh mia yim taken out by an unknown assailant which bummed me out because mia yim uh had posted on twitter she's gonna be rocking bull nakano uh, i know i saw that paint, and i was like hell yeah mia get it um and Dakota Kai got subbed in and, you know, they had the women's match. And when Dakota got brought in, she went right after Tegan Knox and beat the shit out of Tegan. And we're now at, what's it, three to five in terms of setups? Because it was, oh, no, sorry, it was two to four. 
Yeah, it was, it was two, two to four, to four because four. Knox was out and then Nakai was booted out. Yeah. She even like fucking uh, shoved Regal really hard, which I loved. Yeah, yeah. It's like I love that Regal gets his hands dirty when he has to. Yes. Um, not to the point where, he, where he'll strike a woman, thankfully, uh, but the point where he would kind of, you know, just make her go to the back. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's a curious choice. Uh, I, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt to see mm-hmm. how it all plays out um, because, you, you know, she's Bailey-esque in that way, mm-hmm. NXT Bailey-esque that, you know, so over. And Such a natural baby Likable as a baby face, yeah. I, and I felt like Team Kick had a much longer upside than they were given. I mean, they basically had the match against uh, the Kabuki Warriors and that was it. You know, uh, it was a fantastic match. Though. Oh, so we'll oh, always have that match. It it was a great match. It's just I'm thinking, you know, that that for for a show, no pun intended, for a show that, hey, if you read those ratings, and again, I'm not a smart man. I just look at numbers and go bigger number good, smaller number bad. Um, they are not doing as well as their competition with a younger audience. I'm thinking. This could be radical. Go after younger women. Push Team Kick is like, you know, this, this, like, I, I know they talk about the women's evolution and everything, but, you know, continue with that, like, female empowerment that, I mean, shit, we just had the U.S. women's soccer team. Why not have, like, a photo op with the U.S. women's soccer team and Team Kick? I mean, right. like, it, it, it kind of writes itself, even though, yes, one is a Brit and the other's from, uh, from New Zealand. Uh, I'm just saying like, you know, there could be this whole girl powery thing that they yeah. could have used to draw a different audience into NXT and really make them a thing. But instead they decided to turn Dakota Kai heel and yes, it was an effective moment. Yes. However, yes. it's not just about moments. It's how you stick that landing and how you add weight to the proceedings. And I don't know how that's going to go. Beyond that, though, the match was a fucking 10. Rhea Ripley looked like a beast. Io Shirai mm-hmm. looked amazing. Uh, yep. Kaylee Ray bumped her ass off. Kaylee Ray was ready to die for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> like she, she does is like, I don't know who's taking bumps tonight, but I certainly am. <laughs> oh, and Candice Ray was right behind her in yes. terms of uh, yes. getting ass kicked. Yeah. Uh, also, I, I just want to uh, give a, a quick note of uh, thumbs up the the WWE Video Monkey team slash social media team. The, yeah. the whole uh, the whole feel that they had for the promo images and stuff of the women's uh, war in the games cages and stuff. In the yeah. cages and stuff. I don't know what it was that worked for me. Really, really worked for me. Like it, it made it just feel gritty and badass. Warriors. And cool. Yeah, yeah. Like it made them all look. I mean, even Candice LeRae, who is just like the sweetest human being of all time, looked like a fucking yeah. badass. So her logo is bubblegum. For fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and yeah, she looked like a legit badass, and she is a legit badass. Oh, totally. Uh, <laughs> in terms of her career, um, but you know, the image is one thing. Yeah, I, yeah. I agree with you. That was fantastic and um you know the big thing to come out of that is that uh rhea ripley pinned the women's champion yeah uh, after murdering was, her yeah granted it was into two chairs with her finisher whatever it's called i can't remember um deep end no riptide riptide there we go riptide there i knew it was something me. involving water yeah um <laughs> but but yeah that was uh that that was great um nothing but upside to Rhea Ripley mm-hmm. um you know aside from apparently some twitch stream stuff but um <laughs> I feel like if those two had uh, a solo program going forward which I hope that's the route they're taking um straight I'm up hook line and seeker bought in take over Portland which 
you know, uh, for me, I, I started thinking, oh, well, how could I get to Portland in February? It's just <laughs> NXT TakeOver, a wrestling show I always enjoy in Portland, Oregon, a city I absolutely love. I just was like, oh, shit, yeah. can I figure out a way to do that? And the answer is no, because it's all the way on the other side of the country. Um, but, uh, yeah, have have Ripley just murder uh, Shayna in, like, eight seconds for the belt. Like, I, 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 think, I think we need to just go whole hog on Rhea Ripley murder monster and, you Please know. Please do. Uh, that that'd be a great way to basically wrap up the Shayna Baszler uh, professional wrestling bully storyline because there's nothing better than when a bully gets their ass beat ass beat quick. So it's true. This is true. I'm I'm here for it. Yeah. Uh, you know, even if it turns into a best of five series. Yeah. Uh, and that's yeah. the final one. Then I'm yeah. here for it as well. Uh, just because I I love watching both of them uh wrestle. So the match, yeah, the match was really well done for the first women's war game. All all uh six of them. Really, yeah. really gave it all there. Uh, the moonsaults, fuck that moonsault, which you knew was going to happen. I oh, mean, yeah. obviously, as soon as Io Shirai is mentioned in uh-huh. a War Games match, she's doing a moonsault off the cage. And Absolutely. it was just a thing of beauty. Wow. Abudanza. Yes. Um, so that was really fun. Then we had the uh, triple threat match, uh, the Archer of Infamy, Damian Priest, against uh, the Beast of Belfast, mm-hmm. uh, Killian Dane, and the Bruiserweight, Pete Dunn. I couldn't remember his nickname, so I was going to be like, ah, yes, the Brit. <laughs> <laughs> the Bruiserweight. Um, and that match was really fun. Oh, um, I, I, I dug the shit out of it. If, if you had told me, again, that I would enjoy a match with Punishment Martinez in 2019. <laughs> would have thought you were crazy but uh here we are yeah here we are uh even though he seems to be getting the triple h special for his entrance <laughs> beyond i that, enjoy his entrance actually it's way over the top but i enjoy it the dance is a bit much but that's me um not a dance it's a headbang <laughs> it's it's a little much um well, uh, we, we, we've said multiple times it looks like the singer of a new metal band so you gotta true. you gotta whip the dreads that's true that's true but the match itself was awesome i mean three shit kickers kicking the shit out of each other pete dunn gets the yeah. win and again if we had a healthy adam cole i i would be on the edge of my seat looking forward to that match tonight at survivor series but uh considering what went on later in the show uh yeah i don't think it's gonna be a healthy adam cole because if it is a healthy adam cole you just ruined the end of that show yeah, pretty much, and which is probably what it's going to be. I mean, he'll probably sell a little bit, but you know, the the correct selling of Adam Cole today is in a hospital, yeah, <laughs> or like, a local medical facility, whatever. The like fuck you the call the, it. the undisputed era should be bringing him down on a stretcher, which <laughs> they Kyle, should all be in. Which, a, it, they should have their own well, wing yes, at the hospital. Yeah, they should, but like they should be all taped up. They're pushing him down to the ring on a stretcher, which Kyle O'Reilly is playing air guitar on. That, that's. <laughs> You somehow find the uh, the heart rate monitor to beep in the undisputed theme song. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can make that work. Get Jim yeah. Johnson back; he'll do it. Um, who's even doing their music these days? They got rid of CFOs and Jim Johnson. Who's doing their shit? It's Vince. <laughs> He's just sitting in the back. Vince on a guitar. Yeah. <laughs> somehow Vince McMahon doesn't understand most things, but he knows how to work GarageBand on his Mac. Cedric's <laughs> uh, music, such it. good shit. Um, such good shit. Um, so after that match, uh, we had a really good match yeah. with, uh, with Finn Balor and uh, Matt Riddle. Yeah. Uh, which obviously, with those two, you would expect. Uh, as far as I know, their first meeting mm-hmm. ever. ever. Um, it is. 
but uh, but you know Riddle being the stud he he has always been and really returned to form for uh, the Prince uh, yeah. Balor here. It was it was a hell of a match. Yeah, I I loved it. Uh, both guys looked like superstars. My only yeah. quibble. Uh, at the time was Balor going over because I, I thought there was more upside on Riddle winning, but it keeps the 1916 as an absolute death move, which yeah. in and of itself then makes sense because I think the long-term money is going to be when Gargano comes back and goes after Balor. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Riddle is the fact that that guy has to spend now, you know, a year so far in developmental is such bullshit because he's so good. He's, he's a stud. He in, in every every definition of the word. They could put him on Raw Monday, and he would be immediately eaten up by fans. And the thing is, they won't. And when they do, they won't let him be him. He has no. such he has such a weird charisma. Like I mean, it's straight up you know Spicoli from uh, Fast bro. Times. Yeah, he's uh, a bro. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean he's he's he that guy twenty four seven. Yeah. And it would be such a unique charisma that I think people would really love. But eh, we got to wait for him to learn how to work the hard cam. Apparently, the uh, the, the thing about um, his matches that gets to me is getting kicked in the face with a bare foot, which to me is the most <laughs> disgusting thing in the world. Because uh, I fucking hate feet, and I don't like seeing Matt Riddle's feet. That's why they're um, more effective, I- Chris. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I, I like the whole kick off the slide bit, uh, but I just I feet are icky and I don't like them. And the thought of getting kicked in the face with a, a sweaty bare foot is one of the most disgusting things in the world to me. I just think of him breaking his toes. That That's what it is for me. It's like up there with when Cody was wrestling without knee pads. And I'm just right. like, oh, God, you're going to fuck up your, your kneecap or something. Yeah. I yeah. just constantly think that Matt Riddle is going to do something dumb and, like, get a shard of table in his foot or yeah. break a toe on a guardrail or something. I or, know. you know, uh, like, like I, I'm not one to uh, – I, I try to avoid trimming my toenails as often as possible. I only have to do it when they get, like, super daggery because I always wear socks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I'm fat, and it's hard for me to get down there to trim my toenails. Also, so I I don't I don't do it often, and I hate touching my own feet. Um, okay, and that, the fact that that may require seeing a, a psychologist. That's no, that's a bit deep, Chris. Do not like feet in any uh, any way. Yes. like I to the point where at the radio station, as a means of torture, they got me a pedicure. <laughs> Because oh, wow. somebody else was touching my feet, and it was the most uncomfortable feet, yeah. thing I've ever experienced. Um, but the fact that you know, getting kicked in the face with a bare foot, and you don't know how well kempt their toenails are, is the other uh, just icky part. Learning of, so of, much of about my... you today, Chris. Oh, dude, feet feet's the big no no for me. <laughs> I mean, I knew it was a no no, but damn, this is going. Deep. <laughs> Yeah, and I don't know where it stems from. I honestly don't. Uh, I'm sure some kind of therapist would find some kind of moment of trauma of feet in my past, but I can't recall what it is. Uh, I just do not care for feet. But the point is, hell of a match, hell of a moment for Matt Riddle, uh, and Finn Balor is uh, definitely up and running as a full-on mega heel in NXT, so I'm I'm all for it. Then we had our main event, the Men's War Games, which, if I'm honest was tempered a bit by how damn good the women's war game was. Not that it was a bad match by any means. It's just 
the I, as we were talking about before, you know, the the surprise versus the weight of expectation. Right. Uh, the surprise of the women's war games match tempered for me the enjoyment of the men's war games match. Well, I think I'm going to devil's advocate because yeah. you watched it already knowing who That's was true. coming out as man number That's four. That's true. So me watching it live, not knowing who it was, it was yeah. that level of excitement that yeah. kept me in the match. Like, okay, you know, obviously they're going to go back and forth. Undisputed Era is going to have the uh, uh, the advantage and then somebody's going to come out. You know, we're speculating who it's going to be. And then, you know, it, hearing Kevin Owens' music hit, I fucking popped. I'm like, fuck yeah. yeah like, yeah. you know, that, that, was, that was a good choice and it made sense because Undisputed Era attacked him on SmackDown or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it, it made sense. It was killer. I'm a huge Kevin Owens fan, um, and the crowd went nuts too. It was it was very very well done. And Owens looked like um, he was having the time of his life out there too. He really did. He looked so happy to be back. Yeah. Um, so you know, and he got to do some some crazy shit and mm-hmm. be in a war games match. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Why why wouldn't he? Um, but yeah, the match itself, um, there were some fun moments. You know, mm-hmm. whenever. You know, whichever team gets the advantage next comes in hot and just, you know, they go crazy. They were, uh, I'm, I'm having, I'm trying to think of like big spots that happened prior to all the tables. Yeah. And well, there I'm was not a, really, this, who did what? It was someone did something in the, in between of the two rings. And didn't, yeah. And O'Reilly yeah. didn't make it all the way through. He like yeah. went through the second and third ropes, which looked yeah. really ugly. Or maybe yeah. it was Bobby Fish. I don't yeah. remember. It, it, it was one of Red Dragon. But it, it was a demolition derby, as one would expect. And the finish was one of the craziest fucking things I've ever seen. As uh, as Champa, what does he call uh, his version of that move? I, I know it is a kryptonite crunch. The air raid crash. Okay. Air, raid siren, air raid something, I think. Okay. Well, he did it to Adam Cole off the top of one of the cages through two tables. Which is just, okay, so that's maybe, what are you, 16 feet up? Is uh, it 20 foot cage? I'm not sure how tall the cage is. So let, let's say at least 10 plus. Um, oh, easily 15, I'd say. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I don't know. Who yeah. knows? Uh, really fucking high up. Yes. And... Uh, and not only are you high up, but you're on like this weird scaffolding where you have to find your footing. Like that's a dangerous move mm-hmm. on so many levels because mm-hmm. it can go wrong before you even attempt the move. Oh, yeah. You're both standing up there trying to stand up there and get in position, you know, 20 feet off the ground where if you fall forward. Yeah. You're risking paralysis. If you yes. fall backwards the wrong way, you're risking paralysis. The average thing you want to do in a match in a spot where one guy has a broken wrist that he's working with and the other guy is back from reconstructive neck surgery. Yeah, exactly. It, it made it, it was just was it in your opinion, was it was it too much? Was it too risky? I think it. it it might have been. I, I And it, it's an incredible spot. It's one they're going to replay for years and years and years and years and years. Yeah. And in the moment, I was in awe of it. But taking that step away and looking at it with that idea of you have a guy who's working his, you know, fourth, third or fourth match of the week, has another match the next night on pay-per-view. Presumably, yeah. Ciampa will be part of the survivor series team. And it was explained, yeah. it was explained by triple H that the reason why they didn't announce the team was they wanted to see who was hurt after war games, which that doesn't sound great. Uh, no. even in kayfabe, that doesn't sound great. No. Um, 
and you have the you know this guy who is a mega star for your your roster in Tommaso Ciampa, who's this was literally his first main event after coming back from neck surgery. Like, yeah. I don't know that they. The spot itself, could it have been done? Sure. Should it have been done with other people? Eh, maybe. I just, I, you know, th- there's risk and reward, obviously. Maybe a Keith and... Lee should have done that to a Roddy Strong, you know? Like, d- just... It, the, it... the fact the fact that everybody's okay is great. And oh, obviously, it's, it's tremendous. You know, but you look statistically of how many things and how many reasons that could go wrong uh, compared to how many ways it can go right... And you're looking at an Avengers Endgame sort of situation yeah. where it's like one in 14 billion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and luckily they got the one, yeah. Doctor Strange. Thank you. But there's just the 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 risk and reward is it's the the ratio is too far off. Yeah. I, and, I thought and, it, I thought it was too much. I, and and I will say I appreciate that they wanted to put that. Absolutely. Out there and take those risks for but my you don't have entertainment. To. Yes. But, yeah. You know, I was entertained prior to that, but and and that's the 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 flip side of it, or the continuation of it is each year they're going to have to find a way to top that. I mean, last year you had yeah. Ricochet doing a double moonsault yeah. off the top, um, so now you have to do something else crazy. So what's it going to be next year? Is fucking Keith Lee going to do a Spanish fly off the cage onto somebody? This this kind of speaks to one of my biggest problems with the modern WWE cycle, which also is now a problem with the NXT cycle, which is, you know, you get to October in WWE and you go, oh, okay, it's Hell in the Cell, so it's time to have Hell in the Cell matches. Well, the November uh, takeover has been, for the past three years, war games, so we gotta have a reason to have war games. Maybe don't name the shows after the gimmicks. Right. You know, Let, let some of these matches breathe. Or just not do it every year. I yeah, mean, you can yeah. still do a takeover, and and you just call it Takeover Chicago Four yeah. or whatever the fuck. Yeah, or, doesn't or, have to. Doesn't have or, to be that. Or, give you give know, it a rest. Run, run back the goofy names they used to have: Bad Blood and Backlash, sure. and I mean they Vengeance. still use some of these Vengeance. Yeah, you know they could they could do any number of of these sort of things. And 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 again, it's it's not me saying don't do these matches, don't do these bumps, don't do these spots. Just don't fuck them out, man. I mean, yeah, pick the, and choose. Yeah, the there was a point where you know you could look at the hell in the cell and say those matches are universally great, but now because every year you get yeah. three of them, the the water's diluted considerably. Yeah. But there was a period of time where it was like, oh shit, there's gonna be a hell in the cell. This is gonna be yeah. amazing. And now it's like, yeah. oh shit, there's a hell in the cell. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Yep. Pretty yeah, much. it's 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 a bummer, and I don't want to see war games go down that path because, you know, right now where you have this big heel stable that is at the top of NXT, sure, run war games, but yeah. I don't need that every year. I don't need yeah. it all the time. I I, I want to be genuinely shocked and surprised that you are pulling it, pulling it out of the cobwebs. It has but, to be the last, you know, the final form. You yeah, know, the, yeah, yeah. The final grudge uh, finisher or, you know. Yeah, yeah. At at a point, you just kind of go, well, why don't you just have every match in a war games? You know, it's just you you take away the specialness of it. And uh, yeah, that's a bit of a a bit of a bummer. 
Uh, but I think I think what we need to find is a sexy angle to it. So you have uh, an intergender war games match where Io Shirai moonsaults. <laughs> Don't you rub your forehead like that? Where Io Shirai moonsaults off the top of the uh, cage structure onto a ready, willing, and gable wiener. So what you're saying is we'll see G Shorty. No, no, no. He's Chad Gable. I'm not calling him that. <laughs> Is he still dressed like a toddler from Rugrats? <laughs> well, he's, he's already got the cum rag ready to go. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. The Rough House Podcast is a weekly podcast. Follow us at SGW on Twitter and Facebook.com slash The Rough House Podcast. Become a donor to The Rough House at Patreon.com slash The Rough House Podcast. And check out our videos at YouTube.com backslash channel backslash capital U-C-E-G-J-2-1-N, lowercase w, capital G, lowercase k, capital P, M, lowercase L, capital D, N, 7, lowercase C, 3, lowercase R, lowercase F, U, V, Q. This is the, the Rough House, Rough House uh, podcast with Justin and Kristoff. That's it. Fuck Kristoff. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Rough House podcast with Justin and my least favorite man on the planet, Kristoff. And Marty? The preceding presentation was brought to you by The Realm Network. This is WWE Chairman Vince McMahon. Well, the whole be a star thing didn't pan out. So be a dick. Bounce that little shit's head off a locker. How about a swirly, you little four-eyed bitch? Oh, is that your asthma inhaler? It's mine now! Oh, looks you got a big tray full of food. It's up in the air. Be a dick. Oh, that kid can't afford the same type of clothing that you have? The high-end, fashionable stuff all the popular kids are wearing? Yank his headgear out. Be a dick. You don't play sports? What a little bitch. Smack him in the ass and pull his underwear over his head. Be a dick. Oh, look at the little math genius, the math lead, trying to take wee-wee number one with your little candy corn dick. Time for a swirly. Drink in your own little peanut dick juices, dork. Be a dick.